So in this episode, we tackle one of the hottest finance and investment topics um, around, and we take it, we take the opportunity to discuss stocks versus property. If you've ever wondered um, what you should be thinking about before you decide to go into either or, this will be a great episode for you to um, check out. It's actually the very first time also as a four, we decided to split up and tackle the topic as teams. So you hear that myself and Shuol are going to be making a case for property, whilst Daniel and Olu are going to be making a case for investing in stocks. This is only going to be part one series of the discussion. Stay tuned for part two. Guys, welcome to episode 77, um, where today we invest time. We... <laughs> All right, guys. Wait, good. wait, wait, one just, second. Let me just let me just let me just check my crypto to make sure how happy I want to be today. <laughs> yeah, check that. By the way, just a very quick, a, a quick, a quick, a quick, a quick side note to our listeners. So, as you, as everyone's aware, Daniel was one of the early investors in Bitcoin, one of the earliest. Um, what you may not know is Daniel was also a very early investor in Dogecoin. So, if you see Daniel smiling with the fresh haircut and the new jumper, this is why. <laughs> But guys, checking in. Let's before we get started into this episode, just quick check in in terms of how everyone's doing. Quick pulse. How are we feeling? Daniel, yeah, let's, let's start with let's start with Daniel because he's looking mighty fine today with a fresh trim. <laughs> I haven't seen that in about a year with a turtleneck. Explain. I'm feeling good, living better. <laughs> <laughs> feeling Olu, good, Olu, living better. Olu, Simple. Olu's, Olu's wearing the same top as me, so he must be feeling good. What's going on? I'm fantastic. Well, I, I can't complain. Life is good. Um, just moved into a new role. I um, started today. So I'm out of a pro um, project role and I have a full-time full -time role now. So I'm good. Um, don't life speak, is good and I'm don't excited speak, don't for speak this too episode. Soon. Don't speak too soon. I'm excited for this role, um, this um, conversation. I wonder, I, I wonder why. I wonder why. Sure. How are you doing? Um, it, we are like, what, day... What day of Ramadan? Is it day nine? So day nine, day nine, day nine, day nine. So yeah, a little bit dehydrated, a little bit tired, but this conversation is going to give me a lot of energy. So yeah, looking forward to this. Uh, this very exciting. Likewise, episode. likewise. I think we've all been looking forward to this episode. Maybe just to give the li listeners a bit of a before we actually go into exactly what it's about. We've been talking about this episode and preparing for it. Maybe what? How many weeks now? What? Couple months? Would you say, this is, I think we've been waiting maybe, two maybe, years maybe, for this. Maybe, been, maybe, some maybe, people have been preparing maybe, all their life for this conversation. No, no, no. no. It's, 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 what, it's just what I do. It's what I, it's what I live, right? So that's why maybe you might want to say it that way. But at least, at least we've been talking about um, this episode for the last couple of weeks. So, guys, welcome to episode number 77. And today we want to invest some time to talk about a very hot trending topic in the finance world and investing world, which is basically property versus stocks. And so what we decided to do today is we've decided to actually uh, create a format where we've, we're splitting into teams. So we've always done a podcast based on us four working together. And today will be the very first time we'll be split up. So it will be Daniel and Olu will be basically making a case for stocks and investing in the stock market. And then myself, in short, will be making a case for investing in property. And what we're basically planning to do is we want to create this discussion to basically help someone who is working, right, a nine to five, who is saving, and they want to get started investing. They're not too sure whether they want to start in property or stocks. This discussion is going to help them to take a number of points that they can reflect on. Um, so get ready, enjoy, guys, gloves off. And what we're going to do is basically <laughs> just do a nice round table. Each person's going to give a couple points 
and then we're going to get into a discussion. So with that, the suspense is killing us. <laughs> right? um, Olu, why don't you, um, and also, like I said, bearing in mind, the idea is obviously to speak to the listeners, right? To give yes. these points for the listeners, right? Because I think Correct. the other thing I also wanted to say is um, all of us in this group um, have um, a position in also stocks and also in property. So we're speaking from a standpoint of experience. We're going to bring that through. All we're, all we're basically doing, this is really points for you to reflect on if you're an early investor and wanting to get started. Don't take what we say, um, well, it depends on the points, right? But I'm just joking. No, so don't. <laughs> so it's not financial advice. It's just a good discussion and debate. Um, and it's really for you to reflect on. So we know you're going to basically get a lot from this. Cool. Perfect. Okay. So I thought I should Please. get a little bit more comfortable. Oh, <laughs> Seeing that we're gonna be um this is gonna be a bloodbath, you know, certain people are not ready. So thought, let oh me get ready God. for this particular episode because this guy, the stock man. market has been good. The stock market has been good for some of us over here. But let me just I'm tell not, you, listen, that top hat is not gonna help you, bro. Continue. All right, anyway, cool. I'm, I'm not sure. Right, so, 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 so for ahead. the listeners to for the listeners to be aware, what we will do now is each team will have the chance to give three points each, and then in between we'll also be interjecting and giving our um our take or challenge to those points. So Olu, you you'll be kicking us off. Thank you. And for the listeners, I also brought my calculator just to fact check some of the numbers that some of the property people will be stating and throwing out there, so that we can just make sure um. Well, as factual as possible, but let me take off this hat because it's quite difficult for my. But let's get let's get started. Um, so my first point in regards to why I believe stocks is a better investment or asset than property starts with just the first one is low transactional fees, right? I think a lot of times when people purchase properties they don't realize that they are customers, right? You're investing, you call yourself an owner, but you're also seen as a customer. And what I mean about that is you're a customer to the broker. You have to pay broker, uh, brokerage fee. You're a customer to your solicitor. You have to pay legal fees. You're a customer to the bank because you have to pay interest on your particular um, property. So before you can even purchase or even get into a game when it comes to purchasing a property, you're looking at a large amount of funds that you need to be able to even play the game. So you're going to hear a lot about no money down deals in later episodes or whatever. BS, right? At the end of the day, when you do a transaction, you have to pay certain fees to be able to purchase a property. Let's just do a high level assumption. So you're purchasing a property that's 100K right? If it's an investment property, you need 20% deposit. That is 20K you need to play. On top of that, you're going to need stamp duty. If we talk about 3%, that's 3K. Then you're going to need broker fees, legal fees, which is like searches, all of these things that you need to do. That will come up to around 28 to 30K you need to buy a property that is worth 100K. Yes, you can leverage the rest of it, but that's 30K you're going to need to be able to play out of that 30k around 8k of that is just fees so is you being a customer you paying just to be able to play when it comes to stocks it's it's gone to a point now that you could do zero percent 
commission free investing. You got apps like Trading Two One Two, Robinhood, M One, where you don't pay any commission to purchase ownership. And I want to be careful. We're not just talking about stocks. Ownership of a business. Or you can even go into Vanguard where they will charge you 0.03% to be able to invest. So that's my first point, which I don't even think we need to talk or debate about that. It's facts. Stocks have a lower cost to play transactional fee. I wasn't I wasn't planning on debating. I just thought you took a long time to explain. It's just I just wanted to make sure <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the clock's ticking, bro. The clock's ticking. So I wanted to make sure you understood. It's, it's, no, it's, it's clear. It's listeners. clear. It's for our listeners. You know, it's for the right, cool. listeners. Got it. Got it. Yeah, listeners. Second make a note of that one. All right, is, cool. Second point I want to talk about is men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yep. And what I mean about this is historically, the returns on the stock market surpasses the returns when it comes to purchasing properties. This is not an opinion. This is not, I don't think. This is facts. So if you were to invest in the property market, simple S&P 500, you don't have to start picking stocks, being creative, try to read up about this company, that company. You are guaranteed an annual, an annual return of 10% over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Everyone says, if you want to know how the future is going to look like, you look at the past history, right? So statistically, investing in the, prop, in, investing in the stock market provides a better return than property. Property, you're looking at 3 to 4%. Not bad, but not 10%. <laughs> just, just, just calling it how it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's my second point. I keep that. Is there any? Do we want to? No, there's, there's nothing. Nah, no, come on, bro. Three points each. Take <laughs> yeah, three points each. Have your have your time. Okay. Have your time. And my third point is really around purchasing stock is ownership of great companies. Now, a lot of people think about stock market as, uh, don't really understand what is going on or. Um, it feels like speculating and people are trading. Yes, there's that element of the stock market. But if you're doing the stock market, similar to how you do property, you purchase good properties, you purchase good companies for a long period of time, then you're getting ownership of companies like Apple, Amazon. Um, and and, and when you think about that is you now have these great C CEOs, these great companies working for you. So whilst I'm sleeping, instead of me, as smart as I might think I am, building a property portfolio and all of that hard work that I need to do, when I'm investing in stocks, I get opportunity to say, you know what, Elon Musk, you work for me. Jeff Bezos, previously in Amazon, you work for me. I can go to shareholder meetings. I can understand what they're doing in the company. I can, and people say stocks are not tangible assets. I can't touch it. I can't see the bricks and waters. I can. I can go to an Apple store and say, I own a percentage of this, right? I can look at a company like Coca-Cola. I own a percentage of this. And when Coca-Cola makes revenue at the end of the year, guess what they do? They pay me dividends. The same as you getting paid in a rent in terms of income, I also get paid in terms of a stock. But the only difference is I've got these great minds, these geniuses, these 
engineering development teams working to make me richer. So that's my final point. <clears throat> cool. <laughs> Love. Well, can I just say, um, I, I'm actually just glad that you're still breathing because I thought you weren't breathing through all of that. <laughs> that was coming straight from the chest, straight from the heart. Wow. I'm not, not going to thought... lie to you guys. It's getting a little hot, so I'm going to take yeah, off this. <laughs> Remember, Remember, you're speaking to someone that is um, no love the passion, love the energy, um, and I guess you're kicking off, kicking us off in the right direction. So that's good. So I'll I'll, I'll mention three points, and then we can have a discussion in terms of um, debating. Some of those points actually are going to speak to your point. So I think before I kick off, I think it's very important that for any listener when they're reflecting on points, is you have to set a number of objectives as to why you're actually investing in stock or in property, right? Why your goal in, in investing may actually contradict a lot of the things that Hollywood said. So that's something that also to keep in mind. So for, for me, the very first thing um, as to why um, I would sort of argue and make a strong case for property is that um, property investors get into property because they're able to get paid two ways, right? One in the capital appreciation side, and they're also looking forward to the monthly income that comes in each month. So the monthly, the passive, the passive monthly income is a very strong proposition as to why property is a strong case. But this is why I think it differs compared to stock. Right? Because yes, in stock, you get the capital appreciation on the money you've invested. And yes, you do get a dividend. Now, most of the best stocks um, either pay on an annual basis, some, sometimes quarterly. Some of the best companies don't actually pay a dividend at all. But where I think the difference is, is that we have to understand that the cash flow, the way that the cash flow is tied to the asset itself. If a property was to decrease in value, you still be receiving the same rental income. If, if the value of your stock was to decrease, that would also effect that the, the amount of dividend you actually receive. So the, so the monthly income from a property um, makes it a very, very strong proposition. And if one of your goals is to build up an income to replace maybe your work, then that's something that one should actually consider. Um, and so so that's, that's the first thing. On the second thing is, Olu brought this up um, with regards to being a tangible asset. Now, again, it depends on how you want to look at it, but I think you can't argue with the fact that a property is something you can touch, feel, you can see it, right? Um, it's there. And it's the idea, if this is what you're interested in as, a, as an investor, your money is in bricks, which will be there. And historically, look, we, we know buildings that have been there for hundreds of years. So, so when we talk about tangible assets, yes, all of you make a case, but I think you can't argue with the fact that it doesn't get any more tangible than property. That could be something which a property investor um, would be interested in. The third point that I actually want to make is around the element of control, right? So I believe that property, um, and at least it's the way I feel when I'm investing, I believe I have a lot more control on the properties that I invest in own compared to the stocks that I may have. And what do I mean by that? I can actually control, let's say, the price of the asset. If I get, if I bring it up to a good quality in terms of refurb, I can control then what kind of tenants I want to um, bring into the property. I can also control the, 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 the price points also based on the level of refurb. So there's a, there's a much more hands-on and ability to um, manage the systems around the property versus a stock, right? With a stock, I don't have control over the products that these companies are picking. I don't have control over the pipeline that they're building, right? It's very much a invest hope that the CEO will basically do well by um, what they have said, right? So this is the thing, um, if you talk about control, maybe the way it depends on how you wanna split it. But for me, I think there's a lot more control with property than there is with um, stock. So those are my three points um, as to why um, someone should consider um, investing in property versus um, stocks. 
So what we'll do is we'll 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 pause it there, and if we want to have a, a sort of a debate on um, some of the points that have been mentioned. Sure. No, I think you mentioned some um, great points. Um, the first question, and I wanted to dig a little deeper into, is what you talked about as um, passive income. Yeah. And I think a lot of people talk about passive income in terms of property, but it's smoke and mirrors. Ooh, and the reason why that. I talk about it as smoke and mirrors is you have to invest, uh, and we didn't, you didn't talk about it, but a large amount of transactional fees or upfront costs to be able to get that passive income. Quote it's a different discussion. Okay. Okay. Good. Sorry. Continue. And but it's passive. Yes, passive income continue, is passive continue, income. Continue. But, continue, yeah. continue. And then also on a on a life cycle of a property, it's marginal. And when I say it's marginal, so let me go back to the example that I mentioned before. You purchase a property for hundred k. Let's assume that you're making six hundred pounds a month, right? Good ROI. Thinking about somewhere up north, somewhere like Liverpool, right? Assuming you're man, you're getting a management team to manage that property. You're looking at ten percent, roughly, yeah. So sixty pounds that goes there, right? Then you need to pay around two hundred pounds a month, interest only, right? So interest only. So you still need to pay back the principal amount. But can you get to they, the point about passive though? Because you're talking yeah, about you're so, talking about this is the business. No, so get, this is the passive, the passive, right? Okay. So this is the element of the passive. So I'm showing that people see passive as one, the return, the rent that you get, but yeah. that's not really what you take home, right? After all the different fees that you have from that 600 pounds, you're pretty much taking around that, two, 290, yeah. 300, right? Let me just not, Okay, yeah, go ahead. And then with that, if you analyze that, you're looking at maybe three, three and a half K, right? That's not taken into consideration a boiler breaking or the maintenance. And if we talk and we both, we've all lived through the experience, right? A tenant not paying. All of these things that happen based on owning a property, being an owner, you're going to find out at the end of your life cycle of that property, you're not making that much passive income. Like a lot of times when we talk about passive income and we talk about property generating wealth, it's not really the passive income. It is the appreciation of the asset. That's why when we all talk about, hey, we're looking for ideal investors, you're looking for these old people that purchased properties years ago, is now appreciated to a crazy amount of point. They might have particularly sold it or they don't have a loan on it. But the passive income is just the maintaining that asset versus you're truly balling out of it. And I think a lot of people say passive income, but not that many people are balling off the passive income from a property. Okay, so a couple of things. So, so one, let's keep in the context of where we're speaking to someone that is working a nine to five, um, and they're right. thinking about what to start. So, I would first say that it's it's more passive than your nine to five. That's number one. Um, number two, number two, a lot of the points you mentioned is really just you're talking about a business, right? You have your revenue, which is your gross, which is your rent. Then mm -hmm. you've got a number of expenses before you've then got your net income, right? So, the the point around having to pay your 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 management fee, which I personally believe you're actually hiring someone to manage a property that speaks to the advantage um, and a number of points. So, but if we mm. talk about the passive income, right? Like I said, it's much more passive than a nine to five. And um, um, how else would I want to say that? Um, I'm thinking about your point around the boiler. I think your points are more speaking to the return on investment, right? But in my experience, what I have found, I, I have to touch my, my time from being able to generate income in a property. So I think it's very important that we we make sure we talk about 
the passive element versus the actual return investment. The return on investment is another discussion. If a yeah. boiler breaks, that comes into it. But is it passive? Is it more passive than a nine to five? One hundred percent. Right. Agreed. Now, well, it, now would you say it's more it, passive than stocks? So, no, it's not. How, no. Yeah. So this is where this is where now people want to consider the difference. So stocks is something where you you really your time is completely detached. It's a couple of clicks and then your money is invested. But this is where the difference is. If you are focused on monthly passive income, then property mm. is something you want to consider. A lot of the best stocks sometimes don't even pay a dividend. They mm. pay an annual dividend, right? Um, and there are very few companies that people advise that are actually paying on a monthly basis, right? So but, most but, property. So that's that's my points, and then and then we can we can share. But but but, but then coming back to that, and when we're thinking about rent, and say monthly income or dividends, if you're investing, you're looking more of the longer term. You know, investment isn't you know you're thinking of stock as an investment vehicle. So over time, there's going to be compound of interest. You're going to you know generate X amount, providing that you have a good strategy and the stocks that you've invested in are doing well. Of course, with external factors, market conditions, economic factors, political factors, of course, can all compare can all play a part in how well those stocks perform. Similarly, can they do the same in the housing market? But when you look at the longer term trajectory, me personally, I see a stock that pays dividends is like buying a car because it's got a nice speaker. I wouldn't personally buy a stock because it's got pays a dividend because ultimately all I want in that dividend is to reinvest into mm -hmm. the company for more mm -hmm. shares. So when I think Which about Daniel, that- Which Daniel, I would say that same, same logic, that same logic, would also be the same logic as property, right? If you're no, making, no, I, I disagree. I, the reason why I say, let me just, but, the reason why I, I think you should, is, let, you should let Daniel wait, finish his point because only you already mentioned your piece. Yeah, go on. Yeah. I lost my train of thought, but I was, I was going on to the point now. No, you reinvest I, in your dividends, you're saying. Reinvest yeah, in reinvest, in, reinvest so that it'll continue to compound. Um, and I was, I forgot, forgot the actual ultimate point I was making. But anyway, sorry. Was it was around that? Was it because we would had the discussion was around the whole passive element, right, Daniel? Yeah, I've lost it completely. But so I think, what I'm I, saying is, and that's in my is, mind, that's the same as property, right? Because if you buy one property, you'd be a fool not to use that passive income to try and either pay down your loan or, no, 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 or no. purchase more properties. Because one property is not going to make you financially free. Yeah, but probably one stock won't do that either. And that's yeah. why you do the compounding. The logic of but then you get, but then also you, but then you'll also get. So I think my so my take just on, on this because I don't want us to hang on this too much. The the passive element, I think, this can also be a mixed experience, right? You could argue that someone who's invested all their money in stocks, they may not be able to handle the emotional roller coaster around the volatility, for example, right? So there's pros and cons mm -hmm. with all of these different asset classes. I think it depends on you as a person. If I think for me myself on personal experience. I am investing in an area where I have family who are basically involved with the business day to day. So they're involved with the process. That also, if I think about the hours that I've spent um, over the last two years working on this versus anything else, for me, it's actually been, there's a, there's a massive difference in terms of the amount of time and energy I've spent on this versus anything else. So for me personally, it has been very passive. There are of course moments where the boiler has broken down or, um, a tenant hasn't been paying rent, but I would say by and large, 90, 95% of the time, it has been extremely passive. Once you've got past those initial startup costs, which as Davido mm. said, the way that I see it is a, it's a business operating expense to get your foot in the door. Oli, you made a great point about the fact that shares, you don't have that barrier at the beginning. Yes, that's true. Mm. But again, I think if it, go, going back to what Pavido was saying, it really depends on what you're looking for. If you are trying to prioritize monthly cash flow, and you're trying to get that cash flow up to the level where you can 
um, quit your job, then I personally think property is probably a faster way to do that if that's your goal. If you have another goal, then maybe stocks is another option. Um, mm. But that's just the the take on the, the passive piece. I, I I hear what you guys are saying. Um, I I still stand with my point. I think people, based on people seeing the money coming in, they mm. think that they're really making a return. But passive income, you've got to also look at what your expenses are. You can't just look at passive income as, hey, I'm getting 600 pounds a month. If you're getting 600 pounds a month. Looks but, then, but then I but think no, that goes to Oli's. So just one quick comment. I think this also goes to a bit to, because then there's two different topics, right? Passive, or maybe we should align on what the definition of passive mm. is. is. For mm. me, passive income is the definition of generating income which is completely detached with my level of output that's required. So okay, I'm not having, so so where, with regards to like the other things, surprises mm. that come up, that yeah. I think is just the cost of business. And I think that it, you can talk about the return maybe of mm. property being slightly different versus stocks. But I think for me, the definition of passive. So you're talking about the time, to, the time you need to spend. Into, that's, okay. At least that's in, in my mind to make sure. That if you're talking, that's, how, that's how you define passive. That's how you so define if, passive. So no, I'm talking about because the passive income, right? I see as two things is one, the time that you spend, which I totally agree with you guys. But if you're spending zero time and your income is zero because of the expense is zero passive income in terms of the actual so couple, dollar amount. Yeah. So in terms of the time that you guys mentioned, right? I don't believe that is passive. Like okay. the reason why it's All not right. passive so, okay. is because you spend time finding a property, even if you're outsourcing or whatever like that. Let's be honest, we've been on right move for time. We've gone to multiple viewings. All right. <laughs> even when we talk about passive, well, so let's, even talk, let's, even when we talk about passive, just in terms of I've got a property manager. A property okay. manager is an admin. Let's be honest. Okay. No, All they're be, doing okay. is collecting phone calls calling you telling you hey there's a and they basically arranging and whatever but it's not like i just like stocks i don't need to think about it and i'm seeing money coming into my account there's still time that you need to spend on the property right. so so a couple of things so one remember keep it keep in mind we're talking about someone in a position of a nine to five what Correct. avenue they want to go in right so it is much more passive than that position i think i think you're being a bit slick by confusing the points at which you invest there's always going to be work up front and we're not denying that, right? But we're talking about people a lot getting, of work. People get into, well, it depends how many years of experience you've been into. Anyways, but let's Correct. say you're starting. Yeah. Let's say you're starting. People get into property because they understand that every month they're going to receive an income, right? After Correct. expenses, after fees, right? Now, if you put the right systems around it and you've got the right education, that is going to be very passive. I can, when we get into personal examples in part two, part three, I can share, you know, over the last five years, it's been very passive. If I compare, I have to work, I don't know, whatever, 50, 60 hours for my nine to five. I probably work maybe an hour, maybe less than that on the portfolio that I have today. Right. So for me, everything you're saying, Pete. Everything so you're saying me, is right. That for me, I think is passive. In terms of if you're making money each month, right? That mm-hmm. comes down to return on investment, which we can come, which we come on to. And but P, it is everything that you're saying, I totally agree. Totally agree. I'm just saying less the conversation is stocks versus properties, not property versus nine to five. Because everything you've said, I 110% agree with. But then if I'm we just saying, wanna, okay, so if you yeah. want to just plug into that one, go back to the, so the, the thing that people want to keep in mind is the monthly income versus yeah. annual dividends or quarterly. So that's what you want to keep Correct. in mind. Okay. But cool. let's, let's shift over to, 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 um, Daniel and then, um, Shuol. Okay, great. Thank you. So my first point in terms of favoring stocks over property is firstly, what do we value the most? 
What is what do we value most in life? <laughs> what are you asking? Are you, are you, yeah, I'm asking. I'm asking. You are asking. I value. I actually value Daniel's turtleneck for anyone <laughs> having the luxury to watch. So, so um, the first, yeah, the first thing is time, transactional time. How long does it take you to buy a property? You know, when it comes to all the research, finding a location, demographic, the viewings, making offers, solicitors, surveys, all of that process. Yes, you can have a good structure in place once you done kick the first one out the pot, and yeah, you can have a, a well oiled a well oiled machine. But apart from that, there is a lot of time taken to do um, in terms of purchasing a property. With stocks, I'm not saying it's like one click and you buy. That's oh, if you're impulsive, if you're emotionally led. But of course, you do your research. You can do some fundamentals, some technical analysis, and you can be tracking some of these stocks. But the time that it takes is a lot less than buying property. Second, diversification. It's very easy to diversify when you're buying stocks. You can look at growth industries, so cannabis-related companies. You can look at technology, which is doing well, especially if they're in Southeast Asia. You know, you can couple a lot of these, um, not metrics, a lot of these um, kind of industries with growth um and different parts of how they operate and combine them to find a well good a very good stock and invest in that of course you can look at retail you can look at the more traditional and the longer term growth ones like say apple um amazon of course you can diversify your portfolio i don't know how well you can do that with property but with stocks it's very easy to do so the last one is liquidity have Shoel or P, have either of you sold a property or in the process of selling a property? No, you abs- continue. You're absolutely right. Continue. No, no, I'm question. Have you oh, sold have, have, I'm, I'm so, actually in the process of selling one. No, and I, how I, long? And how and how long have you been trying to sell a property? Uh, that one that I just had the sale agreed has been on the market since uh, beginning of March. Beginning of March. So what? About six weeks. So it's a, it's a, yeah. it's, a, six, it's about six. six, six so, so I'll say six months, months. And, and, and yeah, it could be six weeks, it could be six months, it could be two days, yep. well, not two days, but it can be very short, it can be very long, depending on, you know, finding a buyer, there's a chain, um, mortgage offers, you know, any breakdown in any step can be hugely detrimental mm-hmm. to the selling of a property. When it comes to stocks, there's tends to be a lot of liquidity in the market. So even if I want to buy, there are many people out there selling for different prices, you know, think of like an eBay market. Once the best offer's gone, you go down and go down. And that's why the price that you might may buy a stock for may not be the price that you saw advertised because in that time, the stock's been bought. The same way when you want to sell, there are many buyers out there who want to buy the stock. So in terms of liquidity, it's very quick to turn the ownership of a stock, ownership of a company into liquid cash. You know, usually it will transact and settle within T plus three days. So in three days, three working days, I can have that cash in my bank account. And just, yeah. just just trying to go on to Olu's point before, and I know ownership's been a key point. When you look at stocks, you got to look at it from a different perspective. They, the company, are pitching to us their idea, their company, their ethos, their ethics for me to want to invest in them because they need my money. When a company is listed on the stock market, they need my money to raise finance whether it's to pay off debts, whether it's to expand, whether it's to diversify, whatever it may be, they need my money. Think of it like Dragon's Den. When they come up, they pitch the dragons, Deborah Mead, um, Peter Jones, all of them, about their idea for a stake in the business in the company. So when you think about buying a stock, we are the dragons. And when you know what you're doing, 
How many? How often do the dragons invest in the companies? Very little. So you've got to find that niche, that one that's going to do well, that you believe in, that is going to generate revenue. So that's why when it comes to even people say, oh, you can pick a bad stock. Yeah, you can. But if you know what you're doing, you can do you can do something and compound it multiple times. So those are my three points. Okay, perfect. Great. Thanks, Daniel, for sure. the for the points. So then I'll, I will uh, so I'll give my three points as to why we are team property, and then we'll open up again for uh, a good discussion with the team. So um, three points that I have. Uh, the first one is focusing around the volatility. So I think the angle that Olu and Daniel have, have spoken about, they've spoken about uh, stocks, especially during the period of the last 10 years where we've probably seen the most uh, growth that, that we've probably ever done. Um, but then we know that there's cycles with this. Now, of course, there's cycles in property. But I think historically, if you look at the market, there's probably been less volatility in the property market versus the stock market. Now, overall, we would argue that there are less market shocks. Now, of course, there are changes, but I would also argue that we also don't necessarily have to monitor the price of our assets as much as people with stocks. Now, you could argue that once you invest in a stock, we don't actually spend that much time looking at it. But I personally, if I think about my friends that have invested in stocks, they're probably looking at it quite regularly. It's anecdotal. It's not data backed. But if I think about the circle that I have, the people that have invested are spending their time. So Daniel, I know you mentioned time is a strength for stocks, but you're spending time looking at the price changes and you're probably a bit more uh, wary of those variables. I think the other point around the volatility that I would also mention is that real estate prices, they're driven predominantly by demand in that particular area and maybe how the economy of that country is doing, which of course you could argue is linked to the global economy. Now, with stocks, stocks personally, I think, are linked to multiple variables, probably even more variables globally. So going back to the point that um, Kavila mentioned about control, here you're not just investing in a company, but you're investing in a company that's probably heavily linked with multiple global macroeconomic variables. Now, of course, the property market is to a certain extent linked to that, but I think it's a bit more insular to, to variables that you can control that variables that you're probably closer to that you understand a bit more if you're just thinking about maybe a local area or an area that you want to build expertise in in the UK property market. So that's the, the one around less volatility. The other point I want to raise, the second point, is around tax advantages. So I think we're, we're talking about investing in property, not to buy your first home, but investing as a business. Now, with any business, um, once you've got a good accountant to set up, so again, we're not financial advisors in this call, please ensure they talk to a good solicitor, a good accountant, et cetera. Once you have a business set up, then you have the power um, and you have the benefit to treat that investment like a business. So this means with real estate, once you have the property company set up, you have depreciation, the operating expenses that Olu has also mentioned as well, this can come down and reduce your profit levels where you can basically put this all together where you can give yourself a tax advantage from investing in property. I don't know if whether you invest in stock, apart from maybe ISAs, if you invest in stocks generally, there are, of course, taxes you need to pay, capital gains, tax, etc. And that's, if you don't put it in an ISA, there's probably even more taxes and stuff that you need to manage. So this is something that I would just want people to be conscious of. With a property investment, you have these tax advantages and you can treat it like a business. The same way that Olu expects Apple to treat their cash flow and taxes as a company, we can actually do that with our property investment. Um, and then the last one that I would make before we open up for the discussion again is the ability to leverage and borrowing against this asset. 
Now, if I if I give an uh, uh, an example here for the listeners, if I went to HSBC and I asked HSBC to um, lend me thirty thousand pounds, and I said, okay, HSBC, can you lend me thirty thousand pounds? And with this money, I want to buy thirty thousand pounds of HSBC stock. What would HSBC say to me? They're likely to say, say no. no. Yeah. No, yeah, they'll probably say no. Yeah. If I went to them and I said, okay, and Oli, just using your example, HSBC, I have £30,000 I want to play, and I want to invest this in an asset that's worth 100k or probably worth 100k, what would HSBC like to say to you? What interest rate do you want? Sign here. First, they will, first they will fax check all the information. And then they will give you the loan. Then the, 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 so the point I'm just trying to make there is the, the fact that with 30k. Yes, there is leverage. Yes, you have to pay the principal back. Oli, you made all these points earlier. But the point I'm trying to make is you still have leverage that there's a larger pot to play with. And if the person that's lending you the money sees the real estate as a more safer investment, they are lending the money to me. If they see that as a safer investment than stock investments, and these are banks that have been around for hundreds of years, they know their business model. Then I think that also speaks to um, not just the leverage, but going back to the previous points about the volatility and the reliability of this particular investment class. So those are my three points. Less volatility, the tax advantages, and then the ability to leverage and, and borrow. Strong. Thank you. No, some, great, strong, great points. some great points. Great points. Some list great points. points. Just, just a couple great, of things. Um, I think, you know, just coming back to Daniel's point around um, the time, right? And I think, again, it comes back to how you're thinking as an investor. I think it's safe to say that we're all thinking long term. So one of the ways to look at it is that would you invest three months, four months upfront today to have an asset over a 30 year period? I would. So it's putting the, it's putting the short term investment of finding the right area of right property into its proper context. I'm not holding the property for a year or two. I'm planning to hold it for 30 years and even pass it down to the children. So I think I think, um, yes, yes, there is time, perhaps more time. Um, but in, 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 in what context? So that's, that's something to consider. I think I just wanted to actually double down a little bit on, on um, Shiraz's point around leverage, um, and then I can pass it on to you guys. Because another way I think people to look at leverage is, you may argue that, there's a, is a, you, may argue that you can also leverage within stock as well. But the way to look at it, Shiraz gave an example, standard property uh, worth 100,000, worth 100, um, you would need, say, around 30,000 um, to, to, to invest, and then the bank will basically then loan you uh, the remaining amount. You can expect that property to give you at least what 300 pounds a month right so 3600 a year i would like to understand what stock you could you could basically what how much would you need to invest in some of the best stocks to make 300 pounds a month right and mm. the difference in that amount i think speaks to the leverage so just something for you guys to maybe so first question the first i'll ask you that 3600 that you're talking about is that return on investment or is it income? That's net? net. No, net, net. After it won't be minus net. Because in my, and that's my whole point about property, right? In terms of the smoking mirrors, the reason it's not net is because there's expenses that come up over the life of owning a property that you have to pay. You have to pay that. That needs to be paid. So in my, we all like to say like the best case okay. scenario and we live, uh, like if day one, you're not going to find a tenant in your property, Right. There's all these different things that's going to mean over the lifetime of your property, you're not getting that 3,600 that you're talking about on an annual basis. Okay. But 
in regards to so just, so just yeah. okay that's because you're, you're making a case as to why property doesn't work and that's fine I, I see the point um we can also look at stocks that don't work right yeah. um and how they and how they basically lose value over time and you don't have any dividends so we can also go there as well but i think the point i want to the point i want you to, to, to look into is to understand just taking that case study right assuming that it works assuming that we say you're making 300 pounds a month net yeah, and that came from a 30,000 pound investment. How much would you need to invest into the stock market or into a stock or to a company stock to earn 300 pounds a month? So if I wanted to earn 300 pounds a month, I'm looking at approximately around five, 50 to 60K, 50 to 60K in a dividends that provides me around four to 5% dividend stocks. Are you sure? Yeah, so you could. I've got my calculator here. So, <laughs> you, sure, you sure it's not a lot more than that, big man? So, you could do it. You could do the calculation. Okay, anyways, right. but that's, 6K, 6K doing a 5%, 5% thing, you get you, gets you 3K but, annually. But, and uh, when I'm talking about and, an and, annual. And, 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 then, and then the point I'll say to you is that is that 5% guaranteed every single year? No, right. So, it's the same thing. It's the same but, thing but, with the property. But, but, so that's but, what, but, yeah. but, but with stocks, you can diversify. So you have your own base. You can create your own index, your own portfolio where exactly. there are going to be ones but you that are need going to, to know, grow higher. But okay. the, the difference with that is, but you need to know that. But there were also you've got trends. You've got trends. Mm. You've got the the what's the obvious trend. So last year in the pandemic, you had working from home. We had homeschooling. We had Zoom calls. We had even veganism on the rise. You can yeah. invest into stocks that support them. So Zoom. That went up what 90, 60% in what three months. There were many stocks that ballooned last year. In March, they all went on sale. And if you bought then within by by June, you're you three times your money. They're also the not so obvious trends. So things that you find on ground level through conversations. So you can be going to a dentist. Dentist says, Oh, you know, Invisalign has been popping off. A lot of people have been buying Invisalign in the last couple of months, last couple of years. Okay, great. You go and do some research. Who creates these braces? Look at companies, find them, invest in them. These are the ones that take longer to hit the ears of people that are going to invest. In the mm -hmm. in finance and stock market, news travels slow. So anything that happens on the ground, your company starting to invest in Lenovo, Toshiba laptops, Windows or Surface laptops, whatever they may be, are great. How many offices do we have? Are they doing it company-wide? Why not mean, why, why should I not invest in Microsoft or Lenovo? One of them. There are these things that will help you grow. Of course, there could be volatility over the month, but longer term over the year, you can create very good returns in a, in a percentage. 10% is being generous. If you know what you're doing, you can make it even higher. And I want to come into the point, sorry, before she will, yeah, volatility you mentioned. you mentioned. You mentioned volatility. You said a lot of your friends monitor their pricing or their portfolio regularly. My question is to, them, to them is, what is their strategy? Why are they checking regularly? If that was to 10 times in a day, would they sell it? Or they just be like, oh, great, my portfolio is up. Because the same way you're looking at your portfolio, what benefit does it bring? Do you look at the property value every week? No. If you know what you're doing, you let it sit there, you let it grow, you let it appreciate over time. Mm -hmm. I, I liken my portfolio to a property. I don't check the property value. I don't check my portfolio regularly. I but I think, it. Daniel, but that I think, is all I think... got to do with mindset, right? And I think exactly. it, the what you mentioned in terms of volatility, right, is a great point. And I want to talk to the listeners in this. if Because it feeds to people's mindset, right? If you're someone that's very emotional, 
right? Looks, the volatility will force you to sell. We've seen it with cryptocurrency. We've seen it with, it drops, goes back up, etc. right? But what is factual in the fact is, forget about the volatility. If we look at the annualized return, because volatility is cool. Yes, it goes up and down, right? In one year, it could go down 10%. The next year, it can go up 20%. Annualized, you're looking at around 10% each. The annualized increase over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years has shown that stocks, S&P 500, has a vastly better return than property. So if I if I can go next, so just uh, just to very quickly on that point, Olu, I think that's great if you're looking to retire in fifty or forty years time. But if you're looking to get out of your job quicker and you want that monthly cash flow, then I think that's probably not the strategy that you want to take. And again, this depends on the listener. It starts with the why, right? If you're trying to get a general monthly cash flow uh, yeah. figure and you want to scale, exactly. Uh, let me let me just, but just to quickly come back to Daniel's one, sorry. So, because Daniel, you mentioned about the diversity, right? And then all these other industries and all of these things. But what I heard when you were explaining all of that is that actually takes time, right? You need to take time to understand what you're doing. You need to take time to understand what all these acronyms are. You need to time to understand what these industries are. You mentioned about how information flows slowly through the financial markets, but then you need to take time to understand it, especially if you said that it's going slow. So all of this actually takes time. So you were saying property doesn't work That's, because there's a lot of yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things, but then there's also that time element to it. And then I think also about the trends. There are global trends, and I think that's a fair point. And there's lots of growing industries, right? We've seen the ones that you've just mentioned: Zoom, online meetings, all of this stuff has has gone up. But then I think with property, it's even more simpler because we also see trends as well. We see a growing population across the UK. We also see that the the amount of land where we are investing isn't increasing. In the city that I invest in, the number of people privately owning their homes has gone from 40% in 1991 to around 20% today. So we are actually in the position where we see trends and we can actually take a direct impact and control to that as well. So I think there's, there's, yeah. Yeah, so I totally agree with everything you're saying there. In regards to what Daniel was talking about, those sort of investment, Daniel's talking about more complex sort of investing. If you're sure. going in terms of S&P 500, yeah, the level of time, and that's what I'm trying to keep this really quite simple with. Sure. Just invest in the index S and P 500. Zero amount of trying to understand because S and P 500 for the listeners is made up of multiple companies. 500 are the top companies, right? So in those situations, I don't need to be checking the industry, what's going on in Asia, blah blah blah, etc. Sure. I don't need to do all of that. That mm-hmm. takes zero time. I don't need to be looking at my phone every so often. The volatility is lower. The return based on history. You're looking at 10%. In regards of what you talk about tax, right? Because mm-hmm. another point you mentioned was yeah, about yeah. tax. Yeah. In terms of when you guys sell a property, you have to pay capital gain tax, right? On selling. Yeah, the prop- it wasn't talking about selling though. No, I agree. So in terms of stocks, right? Stocks, yeah. if I sell stocks, I have to pay capital gain. Same as if you guys were to sell a property, you have to pay capital yeah. gain. Same. Mm-hmm. Now in yeah. terms of the dividends, dividends, if you're getting dividends, you get 2K allowance on dividends. Okay. Firstly, what so about, what about the value? What about the value of the stock? I don't pay any taxes if it's going up. It's like no. it's just like a property. If it's appreciating, I don't I don't pay taxes on tax. Sell it. But that's the so thing. There so you get. Do you do you uh, not submit the value of your stock to the taxman? No, you, it's it's just, yeah, it's just you don't need to. Only if you're selling it. 
It's only if no, it's selling okay. and if it's over the threshold. So your personal allowance without it being an ISA is about yeah. twelve thousand five hundred. And when in it goes above threshold, you get twenty thousand. You get twenty thousand. No, um, that's uh, input. So you put in twenty k. But in terms of yeah, that twenty k goes up to hundred k, I don't need to report that to anyone in terms of pay taxes. It's only I'm when you selling. sell it. Only, only when, when you sell it. So only when you sell it, you pay the tax. If yeah. it's in your ISA, it's gone from twenty to two hundred. You don't pay any tax. Two million, whatever number. But I don't, don't pay any but tax. Don't you? Don't you declare the value of your ISA? Is my point. No, you don't need to. No, you don't. You need to declare isn't, until you sell, isn't, sold. No, you weren't no, no, thinking about is that. No, but isn't the map, isn't the, yeah. isn't the ISA a cash account? Where do you not? Show no, so this is the way it works. So the ISA, you get a stock ISA, and the way it works is you get an, a maximum amount of money you can put into the ISA. So I could put in a, a in maximum a of 20K year. in a tax year. Now that 20K that I put in, I don't need to show, declare anywhere. It's 20K is the max, right? Now, if that 20K goes to 2 million or whatever number, I don't need to now tell someone that that 20K is now gone to 2 million. That's fine. Until I sell it, then I need to say, what is the... But because it's in an ISA, you don't even need to pay any taxes on a, um, on, on a profit. So I won't even have to pay anything on that. Same with dividends, which, so I think one myth is with stocks, again, you don't sell it. You don't pay any taxes until you sell it. That is, that is. But, but then just, to, just, just on that tax point, were you going to carry on talking about that? Was it, was yeah, it, I was going to continue on that point. Oh, okay, go so ahead. then in regards to dividends, so that's the way where you're getting paid. Now, what is the tax that you pay on a dividends? Just like what would be the tax, what you pay on your rental income? Like It depends how you offset with expenses, though. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So the, the benefit that you get with um, properties, you can expense it with, you can offset it with expenses. Mm -hmm. But if we're doing it the right way, right, which we're trying to preach is, that is those that expenses is, that, that is have to right be related way. to the property, right? Is That is the right be, way. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because, exactly, that's what we're preaching. We're preaching the legal way, yeah? <laughs> So no, I was to open up some Jordan Belfort case over here. <laughs> so, with, so with dividends, the what you have there in terms of taxes, you have a 2K um, allowance. So just like your personal allowance. So you don't pay anything unless it's over 2K. And then when you pay it, you've got like 7% that you have to pay tax on like basic rate. And then 30% on like, um, based on like 20 to 50K and whatever. So in terms of tax benefits, it's not so far away from property. The only difference is you guys get to write off any expenses associated to the property, but owning them dividends and getting stocks, you don't have any expenses. I don't have any maintenance or whatever expenses to get in that particular stock. Um, so, just quickly, I, want, I, want, I, I want to I want ask your question because because um, you're, you're you're making a strong case for obviously the returns on stock over a long right. period of time, um, and I and I see that if if a listener's listening now and they're thinking about um, freedom, how do I get to freedom? Which which vehicle? Correct. Would you say could provide them with the with the financial freedom sooner? Crypto. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, no. I'm, if I'm, I'm honest, I'll land. be honest with you. So, and I was pondering this all throughout our conversation, right? And I knew this question was going to come up. So, <laughs> I knew this was going to be your big point. And even no, it's when not a big well, point. it's just, it's just no, a question. It's not a big no, point. It's, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. No, even Shuwell mentioned that, right? In terms of property gaining freedom, but Property doesn't really gain freedom unless it's what gains freedom okay. is businesses. That is, if, if I'm honest with you, is owning okay. and buying businesses. Because okay, but, even okay, when that's I think the, about... Okay, but it's not the discussion, yeah. though. But the discussion is between, as you mentioned earlier to me, stock Exactly. So property. I think in both cases, in, in my sense, in both cases, they both would take the same amount of time. In terms of oh all the people my. that I've seen, all the people that I've seen make 
crazy amount of money from property yeah. and truly be financially free. Yeah. Are people that are not doing investment in individual companies? And let's not light it like owning two, three, four, five properties to our listeners, right? It's not really going to make them financially free until they've paid off that debt or they've like, it's, no, it's, like, let's be honest. How many, if we no, go no, no, around here and own, if we go around and say how many properties we each own, yeah, right? Wait, I wait, own, wait. I have ownership of three properties, right? Back in the day, I don't want a listener to think by having ownership of three properties, yeah, yeah. you're going to be financially free because that's barley, not the case. with, barley, with that, just hang on one second, because I think. I think it's important not to be slick and just answer the question as it is, yeah. right? In, in a sense of, is your answer to the question, both will take the same amount of time to get to financial freedom? That's what you're saying. <laughs> this guy, man. <laughs> I would say... Are you saying yes to that? Are you saying it will take the same amount of time to reach freedom with property and also in stocks? In terms of the dividends, how much, how, much debt, how much debt you've leveraged? It's how, it's, there's so many elements, like the no, debt and everything. Okay, like okay, let me ask you Give me a scenario. Give me a scenario. Give me a scenario. Can I make a very quick one very quick one very quick observation though? The way that the narrative that the way that the narrative sounds though, Olu, is you're comparing investing in multiple baskets of stocks versus investing in one property. No, even two properties. That's the way, but, but I don't think, yeah. but no, no, two properties won't make you financially free. Could be yeah. and I okay, have never said two okay, properties. Okay. I, I've, 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 think, got, I've, think, I've got, I've got, sorry, I've just, for this, I've got, I've got, I've just quickly, just quickly, Daniel. Just, just a question. Let, 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 let Pete go, let Pete go. This is, we all have pensions. We all have pensions. And when you're younger, what do they invest most in? How is it heavily weighted to? It's heavily weighted to equities because why? It's going to give you a greater and quicker return. Okay, what's the, what's the point? You have you're asking which one's going to make you more financially but free. I, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I would argue that. So when you think so of pensions, are designed to pay out sixty five. Yeah, yeah. So over time, it's trying to get you the most amount of money. So why would they heavily weight it towards equity rather than property and commodities? Okay, so so that's that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to use to answer your question is. It's heavily weighted towards equities when you start investing your pension from a younger age because that's going to yield a greater return. Pete, answer your question this way, yeah? If you told me today I have a choice of only investing in stocks or only investing in properties, which one will I do? Yeah? I would go with stocks. Okay, let me ask you another question. What vehicles but are that you... Was, that wasn't Kabila's question, but... Yeah, it wasn't my, it wasn't my question. But what, no, in terms of... Because that's to get to financial... To get to financial... That would answer the question about getting to financial freedom quicker. So if I, I, so if I, I looked think, at, I think, if I looked at so how I, much I, I put think, in my first property, yeah, yeah, first property, if I put that in the stock market, based on the returns yeah. that I'm getting right now, okay. I would have vastly more equity and net worth okay. than if I did with... That I'm getting from that property. Okay, so a couple of things. I, I, I think I think a couple of things. I think you should follow that advice and moving forward, yeah. focus only on stocks and see how I that journey goes. I will diversify. That's you have options. It's not oh, okay. one zero, it's not one sum zero. But you're making a very, very passionate point, and I just think you should follow through that point. That's the first thing. The second okay. thing is what vehicle are you actually investing in today to achieve freedom? How how are you how are you building out your I, business? I told you business? we're not having that conversation. It's business on crypto. Right, business, business, in what, business in what space? Business for you. And that's the perfect question. Because what you're going to say, property is the best vehicle for starting a business. 
I'm not. I'm not lying up. Like I'm we, trying to. But be... we're talking. But this. But it is business. What? Everything we're talking about no, is property. So it's different because there's a difference between. It's like Uber, for example, is in a transportation business. They don't own. They don't own vehicles. Is is there's a difference between doing a business in a particular space than actually investing and buying properties. It's complete. The game. We all know yeah that the game is cash flow. Let's be honest. The game is cash flow. The game is cash flow. How much cash flow can you get with no expense there? And in my mind, the best way to do that is through ownership of a business. It's my personal opinion. But we can agree to disagree. 100%. Um, and, and I think, and that's why, um, look, so this, this is a topic which um, I think is very meaningful for our listeners. Um, we've, I think we've just got started today. Um, which is why we've decided to sort of create a part two. There could be a part three, depending on how the part <laughs> is right? Um, but I think I think it's worth to flush out these points um, because this discussion has made me realise that actually we've really got some difference of opinions that I think <laughs> that's very interesting. Um, I'm quite surprised that some of the um, answers from some individuals, not all. Um, not some, me. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, I, yeah, so anyways, but... Um, but this is yeah. So we really so we hope that actually we gave a number of points that will help you to reflect on if you are thinking about going with property versus stocks, what to think about, um, and you have to also look at your the most important thing, and I think it's been mentioned in this conversation. You have to look at yourself as an investor and think about your appetite and what your objective is, and which one can best serve your objective. And then with regards to part two, what we're looking uh, to do is actually. Um, get deeper into it. So we want to talk a little bit more advanced strategies. So strengthening our case as to why property makes sense and why these guys think stocks make sense. Um, and then we're also going to marry that to providing personal um, case studies. So we're actually going to share with you our numbers to support um, perhaps our argument or arguments, right? So stay tuned for part two um, and we'll bring that to you. Great. So thank you. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope it's been insightful. Please comment on our post let us know what you think what ones what, what's the winner how you allocate to your kind of uh, preference whether it's stocks property or both um, of course we've already focused on two um, investment vehicles for, um, for this for the sake of this conversation and there are many more um, but feel free to dm us at take flight podcast on instagram or email us at take flight podcast at gmail.com wherever you are in the world wherever you're listening we hope you're well stay safe god bless Take off, take